0: Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction, and the action-packed season finale of Gafgarn the Eternally Unfurnished.
1: Artag watched the scene in the wasted cadaver with annoyance. The smooth mead he gulped doing little to settle his nerves. The building was crowded with the fearful and the injured, and tag rushed to keep people safe and fed. Luckily, much of his staff had come into work, what they had expected to be a dreary shift. This was anything but.
2: Where's Jeff? Jeff! Yes, there. Take whom you can to tear more sheets into bandages. Charlie, make sure the kitchen stays busy. I can't believe the madam's gone so far as to bar the front gates, turning anyone away. Damnable fox, planned only for violence. Never mind the folks caught between. May he be swallowed by the void.
1: Sir, weren't you worried? Her gang or the guard might come our way, seeing as we're taking in so many.
2: Bah, the guard looked the other way when she lined their pockets. Doesn't mean they'll sidle up to being her soldiers, especially with their captains swinging above their heads. Dull reason for self-preservation, I think. The gang won't hit us, not with the protection of the guild over the cadaver. Brazen she may be, but she wouldn't dare court their ire. But those explosions
1: we heard earlier, it's only gotten worse since then. A commotion came from outside. A collection of muffled, angry voices. Then the door swung open as one of Artag's bodyguards came in like a ram. Another vaulting onto the floor with several arrows in pursuit. One stuck into his shoulder, eliciting a roar of pain. (laughs) The former guard slammed the door and bolted it. The sound of bodies, humbling it, echoing in the now-hushed room.
2: Madam Thug's our tag. They've got the place surrounded. On to your yard to burn your guests' carriage and kill their horses. She's a madwoman. No matter what happens here, there's no way for this to work out in her favor. What is she thinking?
1: They also said it's your time to pay up as well. I don't think they're asking for back taxes either, boss. Oi, the injured said from the floor.
2: Think they'll burn the place and kill everyone in here if they don't get what they want? Of all the void-touched, chittering madmen, I told those bastards they'd bring it on me. Wolf's curse seems to spread, eh? The madam's lost her mind. Well, they've got me to contend with before the guild tears them apart. John, unbolt the door and get away from it once I'm behind the bar. Get Varn off the floor. Protect the folks in here at all costs. I'll handle the rabble before they light the place. Burn my inn. I'll show the braggarts what happens when you mess with the best mead brewer in the kingdoms.
1: He stood behind the bar, only his head visible, face red with fury. A guard named John unfolded the door between slams, quickly running to the wounded guard on the floor. As they moved to position themselves between the door and the townsfolk, huddling at the edges of the room, the door burst open. The ramming thug, suddenly unencumbered by resistance, awkwardly tripped over himself and fell flat on his face. Six more entered behind him. All manner of unpleasant accoutrement brandished and looking for something to bludgeon, stab, slice, or hack. One stopped across the room from Artag and pointed a spindly-looking finger at the barkeep. Adam says you're fair game,
3: half-size. Come outside for your beating. give us your friend's transport, and maybe we'll leave the cadaver and all these poor sods intact. Don't, and we kill you! and torch the place with everyone inside.
2: Here at the wasted cadaver, we've always practiced the right to refuse service. Your patron is be welcome, you soiled bastards.
1: With that, he leaned hard onto the floorboard beneath him. With a loud click, a section of floor in front of the bar swung up on a hinge, revealing a deadly-looking miniature ballista pointed right at the front door. The gangster who spoke saw only the flash of movement before the weapon's payload plummeted through his chest, tossing him back just as another thug was coming through the doorway. The former collided into the ladder, the spear-sized bolt now piercing both as they fell back into the street. The others rushed at Artag, who stomped another floorboard. A lengthy panel along the front of the bar flipped outward, and a row of tiny crossbows launched in a horizontal volley. Bolt soared into thighs and growing, stopping all but one thug who continued to rush the bar. Artag slammed yet another panel and lifted his hand, catching a full metal staff as it fell from a compartment in the ceiling. As the villain jumped onto the bar, the barkeep lashed out, breaking an ankle before sending his opponent sailing with a vicious uppercut. The man landed hard on the back of his head, a number of his teeth showering the floor around his unconscious body. More of Madam's men entered, bewildered at the carnage and traps before them. Without hesitation, Artag jumped onto his bar and pushed his staff into the ceiling, hitting another panel. Bolt sprang from two crossbows in the ceiling towards the entrance, taking down a duo of thugs clamoring in. Three others were already charging. Two were quickly cut down by Artag's guards while the last made it to Artag. He used his staff to vault over the thug and a lethal swing of a spiked mace. As Artag landed, he spun the staff around his neck, bringing it full force into the man's knee as he twisted around to meet Artag. With a satisfying crunch, the leg buckled, and Artag hit the man in four more places before he crumpled to the ground. Satisfied, Artag peered outside to find nothing but an empty, littered street.
2: John. Check with the guards in the back. Secure the stables. Send the kitchen staff in here to help me reset the traps. Varn, stay put. Get patched up. Anyone here who's well enough, help move these bodies aside. Hopefully they'll serve as a warning. We're going to weather this void, Cursed Revolution, and I'm going to beat the snot out of Aleda and Gafgarn when they get back. They really put me in it. And my height as it is. I'm in it deeper than most. Generations of brewing and innkeeping down to this. By the void, someone pour me a pint.
1: "'Imitable weight, threatens to eradicate whatever ill-conceived goodwill I had for either of you!' "'Wither exclaimed, pacing the dark room like a specter. Later sat by a window, peering out into the street below, "'careful to hide herself in the shelter of the window frame.
4: "'We haven't been here that long, Wither. "'It's best we know where most of our thugs are before we bust in. "'This isn't like Smidgen's camp. They know we're coming.' And they'll
1: know they absconded with the wrong girl when I deliver a swift bolt between their eyes. You'll deliver nothing but your own carcass should you rush in there now, Pardon, bit. If you were paying attention, you'd have noticed that Madame's soldiers are leaving the estate. Since the explosions, they leave in drones. The city fights back, and she wishes to keep that confrontation away from her walls. The yard there is half as guarded as it was when we first arrived. Hours ago, old boy. Hours since we could have finished the deed.
4: You aren't the only one in need of payback, Professor. We also wait to ensure your sister survives. If not for her, we'd be in there now, and I'd finally have AJ's throat for a wedding stone. Her survival is
1: assured. If they try to hurt her, we'll know. We have to prevent any threat to her well-being before they give in to their bloodthirsty or masochistic tendencies.
4: You're overconfident. Outnumbered, you can't save her. Waiting was
1: the right move. It's not my actions that guarantee her survival. For that she has assistance. I have to save her before it comes to that. What in the world does that mean? A burst of orange light flashed across their features, revealing Aleda's darkly encircled but sharp eye. Withers flared wide with madness as he rushed to the window. All three gazed out as more bursts of flame erupted against the wooden gate into Madame Ursula's compound. Figures in the street emerged from the shadows of nearby buildings, tossing burning objects onto and over the wall, which shattered and spread flame in every direction. The city strikes, it seems. Whose great rage arrives upon the fractured remains of flaming oils and spirits, old boy? A diversion I seek to exploit. With your help or not, Alice will be freed. May death's dulcet tones sing to those in my way! With that, Wither bolted from the room and down the stairs. By all that's... Wither, wait for us! They followed Wither across the street to a section of wall around Ursula's estate. Sticking to the shadows, they looked on as a mob bearing flashing swords continued tossing flaming packages. Another group carrying something heavy charged at the burning gate. A banner of the fox fluttered in the firelight fear was Ursula's true fortification. Now that it's failed, those planks will prove little more than an annoyance. I save Alice now, before the mob brings the building down on top of her. I suppose it's
4: now or never, but we stick to the shadows and find a safe way in. It'll be easier to save the girl and kill AJ if we aren't seen.
1: Agreed. You sure you can get us up?
4: (laughs) It's really not that tall.
1: Wither, you first. Aleda crouched by the wall and hefted her shield. Wither took some steps back before running at her. As he stepped up onto her shield, she exploded upward, launching him into the air. He made it just high enough to grab the edge and hoist himself over. His landing was quiet and lithe as a cat's. You okay? I trust Wither about as far as I can throw him. Hmm. Didn't you just... he's a stick. You must trust him a little then, I think. Barton giggled. Eyeing the wall, Aleda's expression indicated for him to move on. He's resourceful, at least.
4: Only because we're a means to his ends. Once he has this go, who's to say how he might use his resources? He made a deal with the big guy, didn't he? Surely a gentleman of his stature keeps his word. That deal doesn't really have anything to do with me or with you. And I don't
3: buy this gentleman ruse. Then maybe we end this A.J. while we can, hmm? Let's be done with that business and move on. Remove ourselves from these politics with haste. Are you going
4: to let me? If it means taking out Ursula, too. Just let's try to get in and out without too much of a fuss. Fuss? Really, Harden, do you not see what's going on?
1: Okay, yes, right. Just let's go. Let's go. Arden and Aleda repeated the shield vault... Though one of his hands slipped as he caught himself. He dangled precariously for a moment, looking like he would fall before swinging up and gripping the wall tight. He heaved himself over, landing with a roll to break his fall, though he still found himself winded. As he stood, Wither was before him holding a thick coil of rope. Harden almost fell down in surprise. What? Is there any way you can not be weird for just a moment? Found the rope, old boy! Right where we thought it'd be. Any trouble near the supplies?" Wither flicked a finger, and his wrist blade clicked back into place. None. great. Let's get that rope over. Having tied the rope to a hammer, Arden spun it and tossed it over the wall with ease. The Lata caught the line and climbed up the wall while Harden and Wither held tight. In moments, she was down on the ground with them, crouching low behind flowering bushes. They looked to the burning gate and saw many silhouetted figures fighting the spreading flames. The courtyard was an expansive garden, and more of it burned every minute. With a great crack, the gate billowed inward, barely holding against the ramming mob. Adams' thugs struggled to reinforce it as more flaming casks and bottles hurtled over the wall. From where they hid, Wither, Aleda, and Hardin saw no one between them and the estate. They could see a cellar door in the ground next to the house. With luck, there would be a way into the manse from there. The mob proved an effective diversion, though latest group came close to only one guard. She had trouble keeping her eyes off the spreading flames, and they snuck by her without difficulty. Quietly, they opened the heavy cellar doors and crept in. In almost absolute darkness, they felt their way forward, past sealed barrels and shelving until finally they came to a bare stairwell leading up into the house. Arden unsheathed his sword listening as Aleda brandished hers as well and took the door's handle. He took a deep breath, stilled his nerves, and slowly opened the door. The room beyond was dimly lit, but empty save for the typical adornments of a kitchen. They moved quietly to a hallway, where Hardin abruptly stopped and flattened against the wall. Aleda hid behind a shelf in the middle of the room with Wither behind her, A thug stepped out from the hallway. Before he could take another, Hardin sprung up and thrust his sword into the man's heart. He choked in surprise, (coughs) and Hardin quickly pulled out his sword and lay a hand on the man's mouth, softly resting him on the floor. Elada pulled the body behind the shelf, and with a nod, the three continued down the hall. Outside, the fires spread through the gardens, and Madam's thugs largely abandoned taming the flames. Instead, they brandished their weapons and prepared for the gate to break. Beyond it, the mob swelled, a collection of revolutionaries, townspeople, and former guards hiding behind heaps of junk, waiting for the last charge of the ram. Gafgarn, Sully, Ahmadi, and Doran cut through the crowd from an alley. At the sight of the wolf cloak pulled low over the mammoth man's head, the crowd roared, raising their weapons and waving flags.
2: Falk's revolution got here before you, boss.
1: Sully said above the din.
2: So much for having done your part, right? Unfortunate for the madam, she killed Fox at the moment she did. No one needed help on the way here. Castle Essel's forgotten in exchange for revenge on Ursula. Now the streets run red with her gang's blood. (laughs) Ha
1: ha! Good for us! Gafgarn intoned. Now we get in, kill AJ, and grab the gauntlets before the place burns down.
2: They're way ahead of us on that, I think.
1: Gafgarn cut his way through the crowd, enduring cheers and claps on the back as he went. Shortly he stood in the wake of the makeshift ram, watching as the group beneath it hurtled into the burning gate with a crash. The bulwark billowed inward but held, the splintering planks harbingers of its guaranteed demise. The group backpedaled with their load, seemingly a dresser, readying for another rush. Wait! That! He pointed to a large object in a pile of junk. Nail it on top! Moments later, Gafgarn crouched on top of the makeshift ram, one hand gripping his hammer, the other gripping the dresser just below the chair. Now, you can break it down! The group rushed forward, slamming into the gate with all their collective might. The burnt wood cracked, almost fully giving way. Using the ram's momentum, Gafgarn heaved himself over the chair, landing feet first in it. That strange force again repelled him from the seat as he thrust his hammer before him. He blasted through the gate, opening it wide, the flames trailing in his wake as he streamed into the burning garden beyond. He landed among Madam's brigands, a ton of muscle anonymity. Beyond him, the ram moved back, and in rushed the mob with Sully, Doran, and Amadi running point, blades at the ready. Ursula's thugs sprang to defend the garden, but avoided Gafgarn as if he were an untouchable specter. The flames playing on his hood and gargantuan visage, he looked all the monster he was in their heads. It suited his purpose as he found little resistance rushing to the estate doors, his companions close on his heels. Elada's group crouched low in the hall, careful to keep out of the light coming from the next room. Wither's blade snapped in, Another thug on the floor behind him, life bleeding out. Aleda leaned out to peer into the room. It was a large central space, like a foyer, with a walkway overlooking the room from the second floor. Cushions, lavish chairs, and couches crowded the lower floor, along with a group of thugs. Ursula stood among them, looking up at something with disdain. Aleda leaned in further to get a better view. A.J. stood on the edge of a balcony overlooking the room, a taut rope in hand. That rope wrapped around the banister, about where A.J. braced himself with a disheveled boot. Beyond the banister and the boot rested a chair precariously balanced with only its rear feet on the balcony. Trapped in that chair, wrapped snugly by the other end of the rope, sat an anxious-looking girl of golden hair and teary blue eyes. Metallic balls rested in netting about the rope, wicks extending from them into a twisted vine of a fuse. A.J. held a torch in his other hand.
5: What is this, clown? Yeah, a bit of fun,
3: madam. If whispers in the darkest of darks about the girl are to be believed, we're in for quite a show.
5: I'm not in the mood. The city's coming down on us. They ignore the other gangs and castles. Word is, one of mine took the fox out. But it was so obvious, so dramatic, with perfect timing. Vanji did this. I could have gone out there myself and gutted the wolf, but I listened to you. Now you've got this insanity going on in my own home. What's your game?
3: The best game in town, lady. A game where only I know the rules.
5: No. Someone get up there and toss this sorry joke down here.
3: Oh, come now. Our special guests are almost here. I didn't lie. Oh, Gaffy's coming. You wouldn't want to ruin my surprise for them. eh?
5: <gasps> That's it. Take the clown and never mind the girl. Let him drop her if he wants.
1: Cease and desist, you rot-ridden blackguards! Wither rushed out into the room, placing bolts between the eyes of the closest goons. Elada stumbled, trying to stop him. But Harden pulled her back, keeping her hidden in the hallway.
4: Stay with Wither. I'm sure I saw some stairs back that way. No matter what happens, we kill AJ tonight. Wait! No! I all the
1: it's like watching after two children. Two raging, violent children! He stepped out into the room with Wither. Wither's eyes met Alice's, now blossoming with fear. AJ's grin grew even wider. Took you long enough, Professor. You get lost? Here I thought you were a smart guy. Ursula unfurled her whip. Where's the big man? Give me the jester, and you can go, Ursula. Oh, please, talk him down, and
5: he's all yours. Don't know how you'll do that without harming the girl.
3: No one does a blasted thing until my sister is safe. Put a bolt in my brain, Teach. Let little Alice fall. You know what'll happen and I
1: can't wait to see. Fuss, fuss, this is a lot of fuss. I said no fuss. A pounding at two large double doors stopped their bickering. Another slam and wood caved inward, revealing the business end of a mighty hammer. Another blow and the doors caved inward, revealing a broad hallway filled with Sully, amati Doran, and the bared teeth of an incensed Gafgarn. He rushed in, greeted with the crack of a whip. It once again wound tightly around the haft of his hammer like an angry snake.
5: You! Not only did you kill my rat of a husband, you've destroyed my business. I want every blade in this room gutting this dog right now. I'll be the one who sticks him, skank.
1: Vangie, still dressed in Madame's signature spiky leathers, stood on the balcony across the room, Opposite wither in Hardin, bow in hand, and arrow notched. Excuse me, A.J. attempted to interject.
5: Mangy, flay Redden so. You arrayed the whole of the city against me, posing as my boys. You won't leave this place alive, no matter who else I have to go through to get to you. The Duke and other gangs run Estelring now. You're ruined. Old news. And I've got an arrow for you. Carcass born face. See if you can get to me, you walking
3: rotten corpse.
1: Excuse me, ladies.
3: The crowd is warmed up, thank you. And I think it's time we get to the main event.
1: Now that you're here, Wolfbutt, it's time for the big reveal. AJ brought his torch close to the wick, the firelight dancing in his expectant eyes. One inch closer, and I reveal your brains to the wall. Gavgarn, no old boy. Perhaps you could catch the young lady. I'm busy with the angry woman at the other end of the whip. Save my sister, I save you. That's the deal, old boy. Sully, cut the whip. I want every
5: blade in here gutting the big man before that girl hits the floor. Anything
3: happens to my sister, everyone in here dies, you caterwauling, blood-crusted scullery maid. Try me, skinny man. It won't be me, you fool of a wench.
1: Suddenly... Aleda appeared on the balcony from a doorway. Shield in one hand and bolas in the other. She launched the orbs at AJ. They hit the torch first, wrapping around it and his head with such force it knocked off his hat, revealing platinum hair. Ah, ah, ah. He screamed in pain as the fire burned the side of his head.
2: Ah, ah, ah.
1: He also let go of the rope. Everyone moved. Banji let loose an arrow. Sully rushed to cut Ursula's whip. Amadi prepared to block a group of henchmen. Arden watched in disbelief as Wither dove back toward the hallway they came from. Alice fell. She screamed. Then something wholly unexpected and impossible happened. Though Wither gave every indication that it was a likely outcome, almost everyone in the room died.
0: Gafgarn the Eternally Unfurnished is written by Jeremiah French, who just ended Season 1 with quite the cliffhanger. Your narrator and the voices of Gafgarn, Wither, Hardin, AJ, Doran, Varn the Injured Guard, John the Cadaver Guard, Cadaver Worker 1, and Thug. Our voice acted by Mike Bethel. Our tag is voice acted by Warren Clark. Sully is Caitlin Curtis. Elaida the Hawk and Ursula the Madam are both voice acted by Julia Eve. Vangie the Assassin is voice acted by Cindy Stevens. And Alice is Rosanna Jimeno. Your host, production, sound design and music are Daniel French of Fishbonious Sound Design. So ends Season 1 of Gafgar and the Eternally Unfurnished. I wonder what that room's gonna look like at the beginning of Season 2. Stay subscribed to Chronosphere Fiction and you'll be hearing Season 2 of Generation Z. Our Western of Outlaws and Lawmen. Episode 2, 3, etc. of Corporate Punishment and more sonnets from the streams. Until your next listen, keep your cosmos clean.